Welcome to the Royal College of Physicians Edinburgh Clinical Conversations podcast. Each episode within this podcast series, we delve into a different medical topic with an expert speaker to join us. If you want to find more about the Royal College, then please do head over to the RCPE website and have a look at the education stream and see if membership would work for you. It offers a host of educational updates and activities such as the evening medical updates, the Royal College Symposia and many more. Please don't forget if you listen to our podcast to give us a rating on one of the podcast platforms or subscribe so that it can come directly into your podcast stream. Hello and welcome to this episode on the Clinical Conversations podcast. My name is Dr. Hannah Preston. I am a renal registrar in South East Scotland and one of the members of the Royal College of Physicians Edinburgh Trainees and Members Committee. And I'm really excited today to have Dr. Emma Lannan with us discussing physical activity and movement medicine. So Dr. Lennon is a GP partner and consultant in sports and exercise medicine. She's also the chair of Movement for Health, which we will discuss during this podcast. She has recently returned from the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham and is also the team doctor for Scottish women's football. So welcome to today's show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me and letting me talk about something I'm so interested and passionate about. Thank you. So I thought we could just kind of start with the ground running and chatting about movement for health and what that is. And then probably further down the line, we'll have a chat about how you got into this role and and then also how we as physicians in our day to day practice can incorporate physical activity. So I guess, well, we should probably all know that physical inactivity is the fourth leading cause for mortality globally. And in the UK, physical inactivity actually accounts for one in six deaths. And as Scottish adults in particular and children, we have a lot of physical inactivity, unfortunately, in our society. So for me, as part of sport and exercise medicine and general practice and hospital medicine, it's really important that we focus on this as part of our daily conversations, as part of our clinical care. So in 2019, I became the chair of Movement for Health. It's a coalition of 20 charity members based in Scotland with the main aim of increasing physical activity in those living with long-term conditions. We've been doing a lot of things over the past couple of years, looking at discussing policy with politicians, but also just increasing information for those out there and liaising with clinicians to see if we can increase physical activity amongst GPs, AHPs and in hospitals. So we're doing lots of things that are bubbling under the surface, hopefully coming to fruition very soon. And yes, how did you get into not only that role, but your role as sports and exercise physician? So kind of by chance. So I've been a GP for a number of years and I had three children and thought I would take up swimming because I had a sore back and started swimming, loved it, loved running, got into my local triathlon club. And from there decided I'd do a master's in sports and exercise medicine, just as an ad hoc to my GP. I realized from this, there's so many benefits of physical activity for all my patients and for GP, for myself, for my friends. I just became more interested in in that aspect of things. I then started working with different sports. So football, I met you, Hannah, and rugby, Mm -hmm. swimming, various sports, 
And that is a huge part of sport and exercise medicine, as you can imagine. But then there's the other side to it, which is physical activity and incorporating that into all our conversations with patients. So it's kind of been a long journey from my own physical activity, I guess, and to becoming more interested in it and the science behind things and then how I can incorporate it into work. Fantastic. I mean, yeah, as you say, I think we all see the kind of sports and exercise medicine as some of the elite sport and it being very separate from our day-to-day practice. But actually, it's really integral that we can discuss the benefits of staying active and being active with our patients and providing those opportunities for them and, I guess, making it accessible for them. So I thought we could probably just discuss a topic which some people might know about and some people don't know about. But should we just go over what the basic, I guess, guidelines or optimal activity levels that we should be participating in a say a weekly basis just run through those so something I thought everyone would know as clinicians and as medical students but actually there's not a lot taught about physical activity in the undergraduate curriculum I know it's improving but also as clinicians so anytime I'm teaching I always bring up the WHO guidelines so the new guidelines were published in 2020 And they essentially state that all adults, and that's those over 18, but even youngsters, should be participating in moderate physical activity for 150 minutes, up to 300 minutes per week. Now, that can be brought down into bite-sized chunks, so that can be 10 minutes up to 150 minutes, or it can be 30 minutes. It could also be 75 minutes of vigorous activity twice a week. And just to get it in the picture, moderate activity is activity where you would be able to talk during it, but not sing. So it might be, for example, a brisk walk, a gentle swim, a light cycle. It could be, though, it could be some really active hoovering or some gardening. So it's not activity where you're going out and running a marathon and really, you know, breathing heavily. Moderate activity is, as I said, you're able to talk and not sing. And that's how I always remember it. And speak to patients about it. And if you think of even in our daily lives, we are doing things that, you know, you can break it down into 10 minute bite-sized chunks. And then that up over the course of the week all adds up. And often things that we're doing all the time and we don't realize we're doing it, but it's certainly not unachievable, but we just have to remember that they are the guidelines that WHO have issued. Yeah, I think that's really important because if you're someone that has never really been active or it's not in your kind of nature to think, oh gosh, 150 minutes sounds like an awful lot or I need to be going for a 30 minute run and that's just not my thing. There's lots of other things and a lot of other activities and movements that can build up to Absolutely. use that. I would also say that that's obviously the optimum. You can keep going, but for most people, the focus is that every move counts. So every little move counts. And actually it's the patients or people at the lower end of the physical activity spectrum. So those that are not doing much at all, they're going to benefit the most from becoming active. So although I'm speaking about the guidelines, I wouldn't scare people saying you must do this. Absolutely not. Any activity is better than nothing. So it's good to be aware of the guidelines and highlight them, but just encouraging activity in any form is good. 
Yeah, no, 100%. And you mentioned earlier on how a lot of the movement for health stuff is based around people with chronic conditions or chronic illnesses. I think that's a really important message that we can help get out as well, is that just because you have an underlying diagnosis of X, Y or Z, it should not stop you from doing things. Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, I'm working in Lanarkshire. We have really long waiting lists for arthroplasty, as everyone is aware, so across the country. So I've been doing a project just reviewing the patients that are on the arthroplasty list for hip and knee replacements. And a lot of time I speak to patients and they obviously are in a great deal of pain and they're waiting on their joint replacements, but they feel that they have difficulty exercising because of the pain and the stiffness, but they also feel or aren't aware that they can or could be active because they're worried it will hurt their joints or damage them further. So it's about that education that actually, even though you have arthritis, it's really good to be active and to exercise. And there's other things they could do. So just as an aside, another part of the guidelines is that older adults in particular should try and incorporate two sessions, at least a week of balance or strength exercises or balance and strength. So You know, I talk to patients if they're having their lower limb arthroplasties, maybe doing some upper limb exercises, some strength, just really simple things that they could incorporate. And often once they know they can walk a bit more, even though it's uncomfortable, then they're happy to go ahead and do it. So as well as all the other long term conditions, obviously high blood pressure, diabetes, cardiac disease and mental health, which is such a big issue at the moment. You know, it's just encouraging patients to be more active if they can and having that conversation with them. A hundred percent. And I guess how as physicians can we incorporate promoting activity and I guess discussing inactivity into our day-to-day practice so I guess we've got an inpatient setting where we could utilize it or bring it into our history taking and things and then we've got the outpatient setting as well. Yeah so I guess in terms of history taking I've always learned that we ask about smoking, we ask about alcohol, we ask about different things but we don't necessarily ask what are their physical activity levels? And I think that's really important to just have that as a baseline because, you know, it's, it's just as important as alcohol and smoking and having that recorded, even coded. So it's bringing it into the history. It's knowing that as a physician, a clinician, that even that small brief intervention, that mention of something is so important to patients. So even if they aren't necessarily thinking about it or thinking about the behavior change at that point, you've planted the seed. So it's really using any opportunity that we have with patients to mention being active and allowing them to think about it without pressurizing them, allowing them to come to the decision themselves. In an outpatient setting, again, maybe have a bit more time to talk about the benefits of it for that particular condition. Obviously, you're working in renal medicine. Patients have lots of comorbidities. So you do have more time to maybe have that one minute brief intervention Moving Medicine, I don't know if we were going on to talk about that, but it's a fabulous resource by the Faculty of Sport and Exercise Medicine. And it's really an initiative to get clinicians and physicians talking about physical activity with their patients, particularly those with long-term conditions, because it is difficult. They have amazing consultation guides that you can access. I'd really highlight going to look at the Moving Medicine resource. 
I was going to say, have we got any good resources that we can point people in the direction of? So we will we'll put that definitely in the footnotes. I guess, is there anywhere else or any other resources that physicians can look at to, I guess, either expand their own knowledge or then to give to their patients? Yeah, so actually the Moving Medicine resource is really comprehensive. It has, for each separate long-term condition, it has fantastic patient information leaflets that are really simple, two pages, have all, you know, advice on different activities you could do, top tips, nothing too scary to worry patients, but just really nice, clear guidance. So that would be my number one go-to. Movement for Health. So the coalition in Scotland that I work with, we're in the process of developing a new website and it will have links to all the different charities that are members of the coalition. So for example, Versus Arthritis, Chest, Heart and Stroke, all these individual charities. If you have a patient with a long-term condition, all these charities have great information on physical activity that can be done in that patient court and local charity groups. So it's worthwhile seeing what is available in your area specifically for your patients. And that can be tricky, but hopefully moving for health next year, we'll have a website that brings it all together. So it's worth having a look at that as well. Fantastic. That's great. And I guess we've probably got some listeners who themselves are really keen on physical activity or sports and exercise medicine and things like that. What advice would you give to these doctors who want to either incorporate it more in their own area of specialty or if they're thinking about, I guess, doing a master's or sports medicine? What advice would you give to these people? Oh, I mean, I absolutely love it. So I would (laughs) highly recommend anyone that wants to get involved with sport and exercise medicine because you've got this duality of the elite sport, but also this physical activity and really working with all your patients with long-term conditions. So I guess in Scotland, there's no training pathway, unfortunately, for sports medicine. So they're all in England. So a lot of us up here have gone through the Caesar route, which is a retrospective or prospective collection of your experience. And then it goes through the GMC. There are lots of lovely and enthusiastic clinicians up here. If anyone is interested, just get in touch with us. That could be through the faculty, through yourselves. There's the British Association of Sport and Exercise Medicine, which is a really good organization that brings everyone together and they'd be able to they have really good courses really good conferences and it's that is helpful to meet people and just see what's going on in the speciality and so I think I'd probably start there but I just say to everyone to go for it it's a great speciality and feel free to ask me any questions Wonderful. So I guess we've talked about the benefits of physical activity and I guess the risks associated with inactivity. That's probably a really important way that we can phrase it that actually, you know, being active is is the dangerous part and that any movement counts and is beneficial. And we've had a chat over kind of, I guess, the optimal guidelines and how we can discuss that with our patients and where to go for more resources. So just to kind of summarize it, what are your take home messages, I guess, for clinicians going forward throughout, you know, out throughout this week and into their further practice with regards to movement medicine and physical activity incorporating it into our day to day practice? Yeah, I think. Going forward, I would try and encourage clinicians at all times, if they can, to mention, to bring up being physically active. Don't be scared to mention it to patients. 
to remember that any activity is better than none. And we're starting at a low base a lot of the time. So just that initial conversation or thought or mention of anything to patients is really helpful because we can come back to it again. So it's just to have that in the back of your mind to bring it up along with the things like the smoking and alcohol and other things you're discussing that as a clinician you're in a really powerful position and that patients do actually listen to us so anything we say it's important so I guess to mention becoming physically active as much as possible and to remember that every movement counts Wonderful. Thank you so much for giving up your time today to chat with us on the podcast. It's been really good to, I think, discuss this really important topic and hopefully our listeners will get a lot of value out of it and take it forward into their world of work with some, I guess, significant changes that can be made from just that one conversation, which is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so too. On that note, I'm going to go and take the dog out for a walk. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much. (laughs) 